0: Morning, everyone. Excuse me this morning, I'm just getting over a cold so I don't get too close later on. But let's pray. Heavenly Father, may my words and all our thoughts uh, be guided and directed by your Holy Spirit today that we might learn things that will help us to know how to love and serve you more faithfully, for we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Well the people that feature in Hebrews chapter 11 uh, reflect the plan of God in establishing a people of faith and obedience for himself and their confident faith in the future salvation is based on the hope of God's uh, amazing promises which although unseen are assured as we uh, heard there uh, in both our Bible reading from Genesis and also that little film clip which uh, was uh, quite uh, accurate to the scripture. And I thought I'd just pack it up and sit down now. That might be more pleasant, but anyway, let me remind you what it was. The thing that uh, really sticks out to us in, uh, in Hebrews is that faith is active. All the people in Hebrews 11 uh, do something by faith. And according to uh, Peter Adam in his book, The Majestic Son, The right response to the great work of God in Christ is not passive acceptance, but open, risky, costly actions that are done by faith in the promises of God. So genuine faith is the only acceptable and appropriate uh, response of uh, God's people uh, to make towards our Loving, gracious, and almighty Father God. And we're told in the Bible that Abraham is the father of all believers. He's the first person of whom it was said was justified by faith alone. He believed the promises of God and it was reckoned to him as righteousness. But although God kept his promises, he did it in ways that were totally unexpected As we see in Abraham's story recorded in Genesis. First of all, we heard there in our Bible reading about the promises of God. We discover in Genesis 12 that God made uh, a number of promises there, you might want to look at them later on, there are seven of them in all, but the two major ones are, go from your country, your people and your father's household, First, to the land that I will show you, and second, I will make you into a great nation. And God continued these promises uh, in the following chapters. For example, by sight in uh, Genesis 13, look around from where you are. To the north and south, to the east and west, all the land you see, I will give to you and your offspring forever. Chapter 15 verse 5, look up at the sky and count the stars, so shall your offspring be. And then in chapters 15 and 17 we see that God confirmed these great promises to Abraham by a covenant. And God confirmed them by an oath. For example, after Abraham showed his faith by being willing to sacrifice his son Isaac. And God will give Abraham what he promised him, land and descendants. Second, the fulfilment of these promises. You see, Abraham's story exemplifies not only his faith, but God's faithfulness. And faith stands on the faithfulness of God. Uh, But God is often faithful to us in unexpected ways. He often keeps his promises in ways that that we don't expect. He retains his freedom to fulfil his promises when he wills, how he wills, and to whom he wills. And God keeps his promises when... He wills, even though he may delay the fulfilment a long time. And this is clearly demonstrated in the promise of descendants, as you heard from those young children who explained it very clearly. Abraham was 75 years old when God's promise came to him, but if you have done the mathematics with them, he was 100 years old when the promise was fulfilled in the birth of Isaac. So just get your head around that for a moment, 25 years for the promise to begin to be fulfilled. When I was a kid about six or seven my grandfather used to say to me regularly, this is when I remember it, when my ship comes in everything will be fine for you young fella. Now one day I was down at Circular Quay with my mother and this great ship was coming in I said is that granddad's ship mum? And she said uh, look it's just a matter of uh, you know manner of speaking really what you know and she's trying to explain it all to me right that took a long time but it certainly wasn't 25 years in fact it never came at all but that's another story altogether and in fact the same for Abraham he, the promise of land he never inherited in his lifetime No sooner, as we read through the Bible, no sooner did he arrive at uh, uh, at Canaan than famine drove him into Egypt. And when he came back from Egypt, he lived only as a nomad, pitch his tent here, build an altar in this place, move on and do the same thing somewhere else. And when he died, the only land that he actually owned was a small field with its trees and a cave used as a burial place for his wife Sarah. That well what Hebrews 11.13 says, all these people were still living by faith when they died. They did not receive the things promised, they only saw them and welcomed them from a distance, admitting that they were foreigners and strangers on earth and in verses 39 to 40 these were all commended for their faith yet none of them received what had been promised since God had planned something better for us so that only together with us would they be made perfect so what would you make of the words "they did not receive the things promised" is the writer of Hebrews actually saying that God doesn't keep His promises? He does keep His promises, but He keeps them when He chooses to keep them, and often there is a delay. Look again at verse eleven, at Hebrews chapter eleven, verse thirteen. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance. The letter to the Hebrews invites us to follow the example of these great saints of the Old Testament and to inherit the promises by faith. And we need faith and patience. And it's a lesson that we really need to learn. Our God is a faithful God, He will keep his promises, and actually no promise that God has made will ever not be fulfilled. But his promise that he will do something, and his promise when he will do it, are two quite different things. He promises us health, and sometimes he fulfills that promise in this life, whether by natural or supernatural means. But not until the resurrection body will we have bodies that are not corrupted and uh, finally uh, free from death. He also promises us freedom from evil and by the power of his indwelling Holy Spirit, he fulfills it to some extent. But not until we see Jesus face to face will we become like him fully in our character. God promises a new society for us, righteous and just and peaceful. Because Christians are the salt of the earth, society is improved in many ways by you just being there, if you live Christianly and obey him. But not until God creates a new heaven and a new earth will righteousness fully triumph. God does fulfil his promises. And we may be persuaded that he promises uh, sorry that the promises he's able to perform, he's going to perform them, even though he may delay. So how will God's promises be fulfilled? Well, as we look through our Bibles, we find that God fulfills his promises even though the fulfilling transcends the categories in which the promise is given. Let's look back at uh, Abraham for a moment. A promise of descendants was made, he'd uh, have as many descendants as there are stars in the sky and sand on the seashore. Well, to a degree, Abraham's descendants did multiply exceedingly. We read in 1 Kings that in the reign of Solomon, there were as many as the sand on the seashore. But the New Testament insists that Abraham's descendants are not just descendants according to the flesh, but according to faith. For example, Romans 4.16, that is those who share the faith of Abraham, both Jew and Gentile, will be inheritors of this great blessing that God has made to Abraham. So. Have you ever thanked God that you are a child of Abraham? All believers are children of Abraham and the inheritors of God's promise to him. But who in the Old Testament uh, times would have believed that Gentiles could be descendants of Abraham? The fulfilment of the promise exceeded the categories in which it was given, and it is the same. In the promised land. Literally the land was possessed and blessed because we read that uh, uh, during the time of King David the territory of Israel spread north, south, east and west in fulfilment of that promise to Abraham. But the New Testament goes further, Romans 4.13, Abraham and his offspring received the promise that he would be heir of the world. But wait, there's more. If we look in uh, Hebrews 11 verse 10, by faith Abraham was looking forward to the city with foundations, whose architect and builder is God. And verse 16, they were longing for a better country, a heavenly one. And verse 16, therefore God is not ashamed to be called their God, For he he has prepared a city for them." (coughs) If we trusted in and belonged to Jesus Christ, we inherit these promises and much more as well. The New Testament tells us that both these promises given to Abraham will finally be inherited in heaven by those who persevere in Christ until he comes again as the judge of the living and the dead. Because there, a great multitude which no one can number will stand before God. We discover from Revelation chapter 7 verses 9 and 10. And this is the fulfilment of these promises that God made to Abraham. Abraham couldn't count his descendants because... They are as countless as the stars in the sky. Abraham trusted the word of God and lived by that faith, which is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see, as the writer of Hebrews tells us. But let's remember this. Let's take consolation in that this great example of faith, Abraham is actually a human being just like us. Our Lord Jesus Christ once said, If you have faith as tiny as a mustard seed, you can remove mountains. Nothing will be impossible to you. Now, I was going to bring a mustard seed and hold it up there, but it was pretty useless doing that. Even I had difficulty seeing it on my hand. But even that tiny piece of faith, just a little tiny bit of faith, nothing will be impossible to you. Our Heavenly Father honours faith even when it is only little. He's not an ogre who demands great faith before he fulfils his promises to us. God fulfils his promises even when our faith is weak. And what God has promised, he's going to perform, as Hebrews 11.40 says. When talking about these ancients, he says, Since God had planned something better for us, so that only together with us would they be made perfect. Friends, we just need to take God at his word and trust him. Trust him day by day as we seek to live in this uh, very broken and divided world where people reject God and uh, you know there seems to be uh, every day something more and more coming out as people attack the existence of God and living as a Christian person and expecting that there is a heavenly reward for those who trust him. True faith contains a high degree of humility. It truly trusts itself to allow God to be God. It believes that God will fulfil his promises and allows a sovereign God to be free as well as faithful. Let me remind you of those words in Hebrews 11, 1 and 2. Now, faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. And may our gracious Heavenly Father Give us the grace and the strength to live by this faith all our days. Amen.